following podcast has not been rated. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. And here's your host, C.J. Newman. Hey, hey, hey. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. It's that time of the year again, ladies and gentlemen. It's AFC Championship. It's NFC Championship. It is Championship Week. The AFC Championship is going to be hosted in Kansas City as the New England Patriots come to town to see if they can take down the number one seed. And then over in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints are hosting the LA Rams. I can't wait for either of these matchups. It should be very high-powered. should be very offensive. Defenses, come on and know the field if you dare. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk a little bit about head coaching changes. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the news that's going on in the NFL, talk a little bit about Antonio Brown. But uh, we're going to do all all that with my guest hosts this week. Uh, Returning is at The Real Forno, Tyler Forness. And then Bobby, the recliner QB, is going to be coming back on the show with me at PFTPM Posse. So uh, these two are going to be guest hosting this week as opposed to just being my guests because we're interviewing... At Aflow underscore, who is Alex Florio. He is a uh, journalism major in college right now. He goes to West Virginia University. He is uh, looking forward to a career in uh, doing some sort of work with the NFL, whether that be in broadcasting, whether that be in journalism. That's just his his particular niche because he is the son of Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. So it's very nice to have a uh, common celebrity come on the show and just – shoot the shit with us he's also a minnesota vikings fan we're not going to hold that against him (laughs) but uh we're going to talk a little minnesota vikings we're going to talk some college we're going to talk some uh head coaching changes we're going to talk everything in the nfl that's going on right now so without further ado i'd like to bring on to the show at a flow underscore and welcome back to the fab ladies and gentlemen this week i have a very special guest with me his name is alex florio he is uh the son of the great mike florio alex i'm bringing you on because uh you're one hell of a radio personality i've heard you on the pftpm podcast and i gotta ask you man how the hell are you today um i'm doing pretty well today and uh Radio, I feel like uh, I feel like I still am pretty shitty with the radio stuff right now, but I've only done that like five times. But, you know, that thing will keep going. You've got the personality for it, I'm sure. Um, I've got the face, too. You've, you've got the face for radio. Uh, I can definitely tell we, we have a... Uh, a video going on right now. I'm kidding. And you're, you're, you're fine. I'm, not that I'm judging you or anything. Uh, so I also have on the line here today, I've got uh, my usual uh, guest hosts. I've got uh, Tyler Fornes. Tyler, how the hell are you? I'm doing well, CJ. How about yourself? I was better until we got beat by the Chargers a couple weeks ago. Um, I also have on the line Bobby. Uh, Bobby, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty shitty because the Cowboys lost this past week. But other than that, it's all good. All right. So everybody's consensus in this chat room is we're all in a pretty shitty mood because either we didn't make the playoffs or we got eliminated from the playoffs. Correct? 
definitely. Yep. Accurate. All right. So we'll talk playoffs in a little bit. We'll, uh, we'll talk what's, what's going on, what's left of the playoffs. But, uh, the one thing I do want to talk about is, uh, for those that are actually done and those that are eliminated, man, there has been, uh, six confirmed head coaching jobs that have been made already. And, uh, I got to ask you guys, uh, and I'll, I'll ask you first, Alex. What's what's your uh, favorite uh, best head coach hire out there so far this season? What are you What are you thinking, man? Um, right now this season, I mean, I'm I kind of really like Bruce Arians to the Buccaneers. Um, I've just I've been a I've really liked Bruce Arians when he was the coach for the Cardinals. Um, so I really like to see that he's coming back and that you know he thinks he's doing better and he's able to do it. So. Um, but I think, yeah, that that's, I, and I, I mean, I think he's a good coach, obviously. Um, but I mean, I think out of all the other ones, because I don't think any of the, the highs are really that great. Uh, but yeah, I think this one is pretty good. I do have to agree with you. I think that's probably the best in my opinion, as far as the uh, coaching of the off season. Uh, did you happen to read uh, Bruce Arians's book, by the way, the quarterback no. whisperer? Uh-uh. I did, and I, li- I did it on uh, Audible uh, over the past uh, like three days, and I got to tell you, I thought there was going to be more uh, profanity on there, but it's it's limited for uh, his taste. I'm not very surprised. Uh, Tyler, are you in unison with that, or do you have a better? Uh, wait a minute, I'm not even going to ask. I, I know who the hell you two are going to go with. <laughs> Actually, I'm not going with uh, uh, Freddie Kitchens. Uh, it's Freddie Goddamn but- Kitchens to you. Um, no, that's only if you don't know who he is, CJ. Uh, my, uh, my favorite coaching hire is Cliff Kingsbury. Now it's, he went 35 and 40 at Texas tech. It's a, it's a middle tier D one program, but recruiting, uh, to Lubbock is really, really difficult. And he did have, uh, some success with Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield. They put up really big numbers, but he, he had a difficult time recruiting to Lubbock, Texas. And, I, I get that uh, Mahomes put up video game like numbers, but they were in a little bit more of a system where it's a uh, kind of dink and dunk running a lot of screens, running a lot of picks. They weren't moving the ball downfield very much. I think uh, moving to the NFL, he's going to um, modify his game enough uh, to where he's going to be able to incorporate what Josh Rosen does. Well, throwing those seams, throwing those uh, 15 yard out routes. And I think he's going to have a lot of success uh, transitioning to the NFL game. It makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, I was wondering who the hell was Cliff Kingsbury and why should I care when he was being brought in for interviews? I mean, Alex, did you know who Cliff Kingsbury was before they were talking about bringing him on for the Jets and for the Cardinals? Um, I mean, yeah, because, you know, being a WVU fan and being stuck stuck in the Big 12, you know, I pretty much, uh, pretty much know who the coaches are. So, or at least the ones are worth the shit, I guess. Well, I guess now Kansas has less miles, so, but yeah. Okay, so I guess I, I'm, once again, uh, there's another coach that I just had no idea about. Um, Bobby, your favorite this offseason? Yeah, I was going to sarcastically say Cliff Kingsbury, and <laughs> if we were all going to have a good laugh and joke about it, but then, you know, Tyler went ahead and threw it down in a, in a serious manner. Uh, so I'm not going to do that one, but... I would have to go with with Bruce Arians also just because I think he's the most entertaining one of all of them. And I think that the Bucks are a fairly talented team already. 
uh, even though I don't like their quarterback position. But just to throw something out there a little bit different, I'm going to go with Adam Gase in New York because he's going to be given control of the offense. I think he'll do really, really well with Sam Darnold and be able to develop him much better than, you know, Tannehill, who did well before he got, you know, injured. And then Greg Williams is going to take care of that defense. And we know their defense always has some pretty good talent around there. So I think you can see the Jets actually come out and make a make a splash next year just with the uh, Gase and Darnold connection. Gotcha. And makes a lot of sense. I, and I'm uh, I'm on board with you as far as the Bruce Arians. I think uh, a flow here is on board with the the Bruce Arians thing. I don't know if I can get on board with you as far as the Adam Gaze thing. I, I think that uh, he should have went back to become an offensive coordinator before he was even considered being a head coach again. That's just my thoughts on it. See, I disagree with <laughs> Yeah, like, why would he? Okay, well, I'll tell you why. Because I, I feel that uh, he had the opportunity for the past two seasons, and I know he could have did it if he actually went up and uh, grew a sack and talked to the uh, general manager about it to get a different quarterback. But he stuck with Ryan Tannehill and his injured ass and decided that he was going to go that route. And he thought that he can actually make chicken salad out of chicken shit. But, he, but I honestly, I don't think he knew that – Ryan Tannehill was chicken shit, and I think everybody else in the world did. I don't think that's on Adam Gase. Oh, go ahead. I don't think that's on Adam Gase. I think that was Mike Tannenbaum. That's why he got moved out of the general manager position. Got to remember, Adam Gase took a healthy Ryan Tannehill to a playoff berth, and if it weren't for Ryan Tannehill um, partially tearing his ACL at the end of the 2016 season, they'd probably go into Pittsburgh and give him one hell of a game, if not win. And then he uh, went eight and eight last year with Jay fucking Cutler and uh, took a uh, just a deranged team that was that lost a bunch of star pieces and trying to build culture. And then they went seven and nine this year and they played they started off three and oh, he's a really good football coach. And especially with the 90 million in cap space that the Jets have, Mike and Cagney does anything right this offseason that Jets team could be fighting for a playoff spot. I, I mean, I agree. I think Adam Gase will be he'll be a good coach for them. Do you guys think that he'll be the motivational leader that they need? I honestly think, it, if anything, he's going to be the cheerleader, rah rah, get you together type of guy. I think he's he's built for that, but I'm not sure that he can hoist a Lombardi with a defense on the other side. He's got to get. Uh, did they announce his defensive coordinator hire yet? Greg Williams. Oh, Greg Williams. That's right. Greg Williams. That. Like right as I said that, it popped back into my mind. I wonder why. I, I'll, I'll tell you this: thing. anybody who uh, Peyton Manning gives me an endorsement to, I'll take him. You know that's a good point, but at the same time, I mean, I, I, I keep going back and I think about this. I mean, Mike talks about it on the show all the time, but when you're the offensive coordinator for Peyton Goddamn Manning, you're really just watching television at that point. Uh, that guy was. A but no, at the same time, though. You know, but we all know that, you know, a Peyton Manning is an anal, you know, genius freak that is only going to take somebody else that can keep up with him for starters. And secondly, Peyton Manning came out and endorsed him. Peyton Manning does not come out and endorse just anybody or anybody he's worked with in the past, unless you're Eli Manning, you know, his brother, when he comes out and game film. Yeah, nationwide. I mean, so he doesn't just come out and endorse anybody like that. And then, you know, CJ, you said that he should have gone down, but an offensive coordinator. Why? He had a chance to be a head coach again. 
why would you take a demotion when you can take a lateral move to a better situation? I don't disagree with that at all. I'm just surprised that he was offered, to be honest with you. But um, if Cliff Kingsbury and the uh, Zach Taylor and the guy that made Sean McVay's Frappuccino can get a head coaching job, then you can't really knock Adam Gase. That's pretty goddamn hilarious. All right, uh, let's move on to the worst head coach hire. And let's remember, Alex is our guest here, so we're going to ask him the questions. Um, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and ask a a question of Mr. Alex here? Yeah, um, Alex, I I know that you and I are both uh, Minnesota Viking fans, and let's be honest, we just dealt with one of the worst coaching hires in recent memory with JDF. Uh, Tell me, like, you're, you're a West Virginia guy. How in the world did he become a Vikings fan and want to cheer for disappointment? Um, well, you know, I mean, I think everybody knows or they've known for years that my dad's a Vikings fan. Um, and growing up, you know, when I was younger, it was really it was kind of hard to get into football just because I was like I was a little too impatient for it. But, you know, by the time I hit middle school, I really got into it. That's also when I started playing. Um but like when I was like 13, that's when we had Brett Favre and um, and Andrew Peterson and Sidney Rice and Percy Harvin, and that was a uh, like that 2009 2010 year was great when we went to the NFC Championship game. Um, but you know that that game was a heartbreaker, and that's like always stuck with me. And like that's just I've just I've always just felt drawn to them after that game, even though it it ended in disappointment. Now, did you uh, did you feel robbed when you found out a year or two later what exactly happened in that whole season, that whole year, that whole game? Matter of fact, um, I think I think at that point I was really kind of I just didn't understand it. Um, but really, I don't have like any hard feelings towards it. Um, and my dad, you know, he stuck up for Sean Payton. He was one of the few ones that really did that. Um, so I really like, and you know, I'm kind of over it. Um, you know, I was upset when it happened, and then once all of the other things started to go down, I just really just like, I just really just didn't understand it. Um, but you know, it's it's all good. Now you said that you did. You say you played football. Do you play football when you were in school? Yeah, the, my uh, I started playing when I was in middle school. What position yeah. did you? Play? Yeah, offensive uh, line. Yeah, I played both sides on the line. I had to pretty much, you know, I I went to a really small school and I basically didn't come off the field. So, Oofa. So you were uh, a guard or a tackle? Or? I was I was a tackle, um, and I played D end and tackle, a little bit of linebacker, but I couldn't really. I I just don't think my vision was good enough, um, so I just played on the D line. So I take it when you were on the D line, you were on a like a four three defense since you were playing. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh-huh. all right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I could tell by your body build that you definitely would have been a uh, a good offensive lineman back in your days. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like so, I was, Alex, I was pretty fast too, really. So Alex, you've got you've been you know around football a lot. Obviously, you've been to a uh-huh. lot of games and you know things like that. So out of all your football memories, all your football moments and whatnot, what's been the greatest? What's been the the most, you know, like the, the thing you look back on, like, oh, man, that was badass or 
that was the coolest thing or I was the most awestruck. And what's your what's your one overriding, you know, memory that, that really kind of dominates it in, in football when you think about it? Um, I mean what I really what I really think about, I really think about that NFC championship game with the Vikings and Saints. Like that that really drew me in, but I like I wasn't there. Um, but the year before uh, was Super Bowl forty three, and that was the year my dad signed with NBC. So we we went to that game, and that was uh, that was like that was the first NFL game I went to, and that was I mean that was an amazing game, and um, you know I always remember the San Antonio Holmes catch, and you know that was like like one of the first great things that I got to experience. So, and I was, and I was 12 and I was just, you know, that was, you know, I was one of the best plays at the time of, of football history. So yeah, that was, yeah. so that where, was where were you at when that happened? Like, where were you at in the, in the stadium? Like, what was the, what was the atmosphere? I mean, like, were, you know, were you around? There was a lot of, like, people freaking out. Were you in a box type thing with people freaking uh, out? I mean, I'm I sure was, people were freaking out. Yeah, people were freaking out. But back then, it was, it was like a few months before my dad signed with NBC. And we, we got tickets from the Roonies because they told my dad if they went to the Super Bowl, they'd give us tickets. So they gave us peanut heaven seats, uh, so we were like at the very top, like at, like the very top of the stadium. Um, but yeah, people were freaking out, um, and it was, you know, it, it wasn't. It really wasn't a bad. Like I didn't have a bad seating experience. Um, so, but I like I remember, like I, I wanted the Steelers to win, and I was. I mean, I was pretty young, so I remember like feeling really excited about that, and everyone else it was it was a it was a really crazy experience for that and that was like my first real one yeah okay so super bowl Rooney's gave you tickets all this i fuck this guys i'm done i'm jealous as hell i can't do this anymore (laughs) i'm not this is just pissing me off no i'm just kidding that's awesome that is pretty damn awesome so um considering your location um you're in an area where you could possibly, if you weren't a contrarian like you are, root for a potential of three different teams, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You could root for the Ravens, you could root for the Redskins, and you could root for the Steelers. So uh, what drew you away from that besides your uh, your dad's affliction for the Minnesota Vikings? Um, about, you know, I, when I was younger, I kind of liked the Steelers because, you know, I was just – Everyone else did. I didn't really, you know, single out my dad for my team just because, like, everyone else in my family was a Steelers fan. Um, so I really didn't get, like, to appreciate the Vikings at a younger age. But, um, you know, I, I kind of feel similar, similarly to how my dad did when he decided to be a Vikings fan. Um, you know, where he, where he grew up was more north of where we live. And it was um, it was just a little bit closer to Pittsburgh, but you know everyone there was a Steelers fan, and he, you know, he wanted to just be a fan of somebody different. And I mean, I really don't mind. Like, I kind of enjoy being a fan of a team that really no one else is a fan of. And it's not. I mean, it's different because it's not a local team. I mean, not even close to being. I mean, the Steelers aren't even really. 
I don't even, I guess they're local. Um, I mean, that really is the closest thing, two hours away. That's the closest team we have. Um, but, like, you know, I really, there are a lot of things that started happening, too, with, like, Ben Roethlisberger, and um, I just, like, I just decided that I just hated the Steelers, and I just didn't oh. want to be a fan of that team. So is that when you said that, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger, so this would have been, you know, probably around the time when he was in the news a lot, that Sports Illustrated article came out that, you know, everybody talked about how he's like a really shitty tipper and, and all that. So that had a big, uh, that had a pretty big impact and pretty big influence on your yeah. your feelings toward him. Honestly, yeah, that I mean, that pretty much impacted how I felt about the whole Steelers team. I was just like, you know, this is a terrible guy, like – I don't want to be a fan of this team. Yeah, and his offensive linemen were also kind of, you know, they were in the place down in Georgia with him. So, yeah, you know, yeah. they while they didn't necessarily accused of something, they were there. We know how the offensive linemen, are, they protect the quarterback. They protect him regardless of where they're at. They're always going to. So, you know, you can't really, you know, I can, yeah, I can see that because that, I think I was in college when that happened. And it affected me um, a lot to where I've had a, a pretty strong dislike towards him since then. And not because he necessarily did something illegal, but just because I didn't agree with what he did. And I thought, you know, I thought that he was, I guess, morally wrong or something. I just didn't like it. So I can see that. I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, it was just like it seemed like it, there were just so many things happening. Um, that just reflected his character. Uh, I remember the first one was when he got in a motorcycle wreck and he wasn't wearing a helmet. But I know in Pennsylvania, like, you don't have to wear a helmet. It's not the law there. Um, but I just remember, like, why is this guy, like, so dumb? I mean, I was, like, 11 <laughs> or 12. I was just like, you know. And then just the other things started happening. I was like, uh, I don't want to, like – you know, I was kind of, I was really, I was honestly conflicted when I was younger because everybody was a Steelers fan. And then my dad was a huge Vikings fan. Like, I can't tell you how many baby pictures there are of me of him. And he's all in his Viking stuff. And he's got me wearing Viking shit. Uh, <laughs> and like, and when I look at old pictures of him too, he's pretty much always wearing Vikings gear. Um, So like, I always have him kind of, he never really like, try to push me but i was just always around it so understood and it makes a lot of sense um i grew up in a rather unique situation myself here and i bear with me a minute this is going to uh, gear towards a question for you i grew up in a situation where my team when i was a kid didn't exist i had a, a team that went out in the middle of the night and moved off to indianapolis I, i'm not sure if you know the story behind the indianapolis colts but um when i was born i uh, I'm kind of an old soul. I was born in 89, so they were long gone. They were five years gone. Um, I didn't have a team to root for when I was a kid, so I went with the Packers as much as uh, you probably don't like to hear that. I was a Brett Favre fan. I went. I was a Brett Favre fan. I was also, but I was also a Steve Young fan. I liked him in particular. I just didn't like the 49ers because they were winning so much. But um, anyway, so it came to a, a point where I was in the third grade and they announced that the Browns were moving to Baltimore. And I, I personally immediately jumped on board with them, but a lot of people, it took some convincing to get people to stop rooting for whoever they were rooting for and go to uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So I got a question for you. If 
West Virginia or Virginia were to get a team, what would it take for you to stop your allegiance with the Vikings and go with them? Um, if, if Virginia ever got a team, I don't think I'd really care. Um, you know, I, I'm not really a big fan of Virginia. And that, that goes back to when I was a child and we played Virginia in a bowl game. They just they treated West Virginia fans very badly. And I just have always had a bad taste in my mouth about just the whole state of West uh, Virginia after that. It was just I mean, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Um, but West Virginia, I mean, there, God, there's no way we could ever get a team here. It's just. I mean, our biggest city has like 50,000 people. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a joke here. There's actually a new arena team in the town my dad grew up. Um, but if, I mean, if we, if we, hypothetically, if West Virginia had a professional football team, I, I, I think I would become a fan of it. So I think, you know, I think it'd just be great if that happened. But, if it did, I think, you know, I would kind of leave that allegiance I had with the Vikings and move to, like, our actual, like, home team. That's a very solid answer. And uh, honestly, my uh, my parents, it took them a little while to come on board. It took them about a year or two in order to come on board with the Ravens. But they came to the realization that if they didn't root for the team and if they didn't get all their friends to root for the team, we were going to lose our team again. So uh, that's one of the main reasons why people started to cling to the Ravens because they didn't want to lose football in Baltimore. It took forever to get a team again. So I, I admire that if you were to go with your local home team in that kind of effect. But I agree with you. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think uh, it's uh, too the, here. Yeah, I think uh, I think the owner of the Washington Redskins would have something to say about that. And he tried to force uh, your team down uh, the, your throat or their team down your throat, just like they tried to do with us beforehand. But um, Tyler, give me some Minnesota Vikings questions since you're the uh, subject matter expert here. Well, I mean, I am uh, an expert and I have a PhD in being disappointed, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Alex, you said you kind of got into the the Vikings and really got hooked with that 2009 season. And I can kind of relate because my hook was 98 when I was nine years old and watching that whole thing transpired. You know, as a little kid, I cried and it was it was something that really hurt. And then 09 was kind of the same, except I had a bottle of Jägermeister to help soothe my pain that time. Uh, You know, it. It's uh, really difficult to continue to be a fan of the team, but obviously we still choose to do it. Uh, Being that you're in West Virginia, how do you feel that – do you feel like it's easy to keep track of the team? uh, Are you able to watch games rather easily? Um, I mean, my dad gets – you know, he gets direct TV, Sunday ticket shit. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's I can watch the games because of that, which – because I mean, you know, it's always the it's always the most local team. Like the Steelers, like they always put on a Steelers game or Redskins or like the Eagles even. Um, but like since we have uh, since we have Sunday ticket, I can watch the Vikings easily. Oh, perfect! Yeah. Now, as a Vikings fan, I got to ask you this: uh, What's your take on Joe Buck? Um. I mean, I really don't have much of an opinion on him or really, like, I really try not to, like, 
put any opinions on like any kind of TV, like any kind of commentators, just because I feel like, I feel like, like the vast majority of people don't like any of them really. So, um, but I mean, yeah, honestly, like Joe Buck is, I think everyone feels the same about him pretty much. He's just bland. I really don't have much of a problem with him other than that. Yeah. Well, the reason why I ask is because uh, living in Minnesota, a lot of us, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think he's got an issue with it, but I think Joe Buck's one of the best that's ever done it. Uh, he tends to, uh, uh, what's the best way I can put this? Um, suck a little too much of Aaron Rodgers' dick. And yeah, he's just, he's got an obsession with him. So I, I thought maybe the being outside of the media sphere, um, in Minnesota that you might have, uh, you might not have that opinion, uh, or maybe you just noticed it on your own. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like there's so many people who just love Aaron Rodgers, and I just like, I mean, I mean, obviously I'm not a fan, but like, I don't really feel like, you know, any hard feelings towards them just because, I mean, he is, he is a great quarterback and, you know, being a Vikings fan, it's hard to, uh, show any appreciation towards him but i really you know if if you if aaron Rodgers was just like i feel like um he just hasn't really he hasn't said anything about like my dad lately like he did that one time a few years ago um so i really like i don't know i really haven't had much of a problem with aaron this year but i really don't like you know if um if someone in the media like that really is a you know likes to talk about them and just seems to have like a real thing for them. Like I know, I know Sims does too. Um, but I'm right. You know, I, uh, I just feel like everyone has their own, their own like preferred players. Um, so I really like, I feel like I can't really be mad at him for that. Now I got a question for you, Tyler and rebuttal that, uh, who is more of a, uh, a rider? Would it be Joe Buck with Aaron Rodgers or Chris Collinsworth with Brady? Or you mean Chris Collinsworth was saying now here's a guy that too, but still, um, I think he's on Brady more than Joe Buck is on, uh, Aaron Rodgers. If you ask any Minnesotan, it's going to be Buck with Rodgers. Um, and it's it's difficult because uh, part of the job as a broadcaster, which is something just uh, being that I want to kind of get into the field and trying to understand their job, their job is to promote football to the contrarian, the simpleton, the casual viewer, per se. And you got to pump up a guy like Aaron Rodgers because he's one of your biggest stars. But it, it, it when you watch a Viking Packer game, almost every time when it's not a NBC or Monday Night Football game, you're getting Joe Buck. And it just feels to us like he just goes so over the top with it. It gets kind of annoying. But I would say Buck is worse with Rodgers than uh, Collinsworth is with Brady. But then again, Brady doesn't do the stupid spectacular stuff, run around in the pocket for like 10 seconds and then find a guy open, you know, 20 yards down the field. Oh yeah. I mean, Rogers pulls a rabbit out of his ass any chance that he can get. It's pretty damn amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that I'm going to feel the same way I do about Brett Favre now that I did about Aaron or that I will about Aaron Rodgers in like 10 years. Cause I hated Brett Favre growing up, but 
then, you know, over the course of the last 10 years, you know, especially with him being on the Vikings, you know, having that experience, being able to really appreciate what he brought to the NFL, um, he brings a newfound respect and just for the player and what his contributions to the game. Okay, here's the thing when it comes to the announcers, you know, for one with Joe Buck, you know, being, you know, all over, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, like you said, he's one of the most well-known stars out there. He's speaking to the, you know, more casual fan, not to the more hardcore fans like us. And we've seen the commercials, Allstate and everything else, Bose, everybody knows Aaron Rodgers. So that's how they're going to make it relate to it. And then when it comes to the kind of favoritism, I'm going to use the example that I use all the time as you know being a Cowboys fan with Troy Aikman talk to any Dallas Cowboys fan in the Metroplex and they're going to tell you God I hate Troy Aikman as an announcer he goes so over the top to try and be you know not be a Cowboys homer he comes off as super anti-Cowboy and then you talk to any Eagles Giants or Washington fan and they're going to tell you Oh, we can't stand Troy Aikman. He's such a Cowboys homer still, even as an announcer. Every single fan base, because they, the hardcore fans know the teams typically better than the announcers do that see him a few times a year. So we all call them out for every little mistake that they make, every single slide or show of favoritism, and we're all hypersensitive to it. Yes, uh, that is very, very true. I'm hypersensitive to a lot of these announcers nowadays, so I could definitely see where you're coming from on that. And I'm very hypersensitive to the, especially the prime timers that I get to see every week, every uh, Thursday, every Sunday, and every Monday night. Uh, some of these guys that escape during the day, um, I like. Uh, Rich Gannon's. I, I don't really particularly listen to him very often unless he's actually doing commentary on the game. Brian Billick, uh, some of these guys, I, I just can't really pinpoint in the lineup as far as their voices are concerned. But there's Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday nights. I, I definitely feel you on that. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, um, Alex, tell me one thing, man. Uh, I, I know you're in college right now, and uh, we've talked about this offline a little bit, but uh, w- what year are you in right now? Um, right now, I've, I'm like, a, I'm kind of behind because I went through like a transfer process and a lot of the things didn't come through. There's, you know, like when you transfer from college to college, like, you know, not everything really transfers. And I was going from a private school to a public school. So, you know, Shit like that doesn't really work. Um, I mean, I should be, like, if you're going, like, how it traditionally should go, I should be graduating this year, um, but I'm probably not going to for, like, another year. So, um, I mean, I'll probably, like, I'll be doing the fifth-year shit, so I don't really care. Um, I'd rather not be done It's your red shirt year. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Who the hell graduates college in four years anyway? They yeah. got it. You can't graduate college in four years hardly anymore. The more government gives money and hands out loans, then the more that colleges jack up the price and make it so you stay longer. That's yeah. that's also true. Um, I personally was uh, not afforded the opportunity to uh, – 
not have the ability to not work while I was uh, going to college. So I had to work full time and go to school either part or full time whenever I could. It took me five, six years to get my associate's degree. And then I know exactly what you're talking about as far as the transfer goes. Transferring from community college to university was a pain in the dick. They didn't accept uh, quite a few of my credits and barely any of my certifications. So I had to make up a couple things on my end. I had to argue tooth and nail with a couple people in order to get it. Because they wanted me to retake some of the classes that I already taken in community college. I'm like, dude. This equals this. And honestly, they might have taught it better than you guys teach it here. So just take the damn credits and yeah. you're already getting my money somehow. Come on now. So I get that. Um, Bobby, didn't you say you wanted to ask some questions about college? Yeah, I was actually going to you know, say I've got a couple of questions. Just, uh, you know, I've got my uh, my youngest daughter is actually in college right now at the University of Arkansas. Woo pig stewie. So. I was just going to say, you know, how is college life? How do you how do you like college? What's it like at uh, WVU? And maybe throw in a little bit about uh, Greer, the quarterback. How do you think he will be when he goes into the uh, into the NFL? Um, I mean, I have like when I started college, and it was like it was just such a hard time when I started. Um, I, like at first I was kind of just homesick all the time. Um, but the first college I went to, uh, it felt like where I went to high school. Um, so really I, I wanted to leave because of that. Like I wanted to go somewhere where I would have just more opportunities and I just, you know, being somewhere it felt like I've spent like my childhood at, like I just, that just didn't feel right to me because, you know, usually people from like bigger high schools and, and um, like to go to that school. But I, it just didn't feel right. Um, and then when I started WVU, it was, it was such a hard transition. Um, and it like, it just, it really took me a while to get used to it. Um, but just by the, t- like the more I went through it and just the older I got, I just, you know, just grew up a lot more and just got used to it. Um, uh, but I've never like really been into like the, you know, like I know people think WVU is a huge party school. Um, I've never been to like really any kind of like frat parties there or anything. Like I really just like, you know, just like hang out with my friends and stuff. And like, we'll go to like, we'll go to bars sometimes, but it's been a while since I've done anything like that. Um, but I mean, it's really like, it, and like WVU's, it's honestly pretty hectic there. And because the campus is split up in two and it's, it's just, I like, it, it, it sucks that it's like that. Um, because like people tried anything they can to not have, you know, they'll do, they'll just try to have classes on one part of the campus because, you know, <laughs> from it's just, it's just a pain. a pain in the ass. The hills there are ridiculous too. So like, that's why uh, play. It's, it's just the hills here. That's how it is in, in Fayetteville too. So I got a follow-up question for you. You said that, you know, you stayed kind of a local, uh, or more local, college at first before you transferred yeah i'm gonna take a wild stab in the dark here and say that you stayed for a girl um yeah oh bam! i did the same thing i can say that so that's why i did that because i uh i also kind of sort of stayed at uh before i went to university of arkansas myself for a girl so that's why i could kind of sense yeah. that you did it 
Yeah, I mean, actually, really, she's she's one reason why I stayed, but also at that time, um, you know, we started dating in high school, but I was um, I was like a little bit older than her. Um, so like when I graduated, she was still in high school um, and she was going to go to WVU. And then when I was at the small college, I basically stayed. I went to the smaller college because it was close. But then I left because like that's where she was going to go. So I wanted to go there. Um, and now like when I'm like being 22, I'm just like, why didn't I just get the fuck out of here? Like, so. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with staying. You probably learned a lot. So by the way, yeah. Bob, I'm assuming it didn't work out with that, with that young lady. No. You're still young, man. You're still yeah. Young. Yeah. Unlike me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens. I, like I uh, especially. Hey, I did. I had a four-year relationship or something like that in high school and college. Then I had another long-term, like two and a half-year relationship in college, and I got out of college. And my next serious relationship was with a uh, a woman who is fifteen years my elder and is now my uh, my wife and my three kids. So. Yeah, just yeah, I'm you know, I've I've realized it takes time when it comes to things like that and I've just you know, I've just been kinda of coasting along at this point. Uh, so like I don't like I don't really feel a, like a rush to be like in a relationship or anything. So yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't so, be in yeah, a rush I'm still, for I'm still too young. Yeah, you shouldn't be in a rush for anything, not just the relationship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, you I gotta figure out my own shit right now. Yeah, exactly. Yes, save yourself for marriage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so bringing this back to football uh, a little bit, and you know we're all big fans of, of pro football talk, and and obviously you are too. Um, are you doing like uh, journalism in, in college? Yeah. What are you doing in college? Yeah. So you can. I'm doing journalism, um, but I, I, you know, I'm not really a big fan of it. Uh, so. Because it's probably too formal. You're not a. And I, and I would yeah. say because of you and also knowing the, you know, kind of pro football talk style, it's a very informal, you know, it's not a, you know, formatted super going by what the SLA, MLA guidelines, yeah. I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like they teach you there, like how to be like a newspaper writer or something or like how to work on the local news. It's just like, you know, this is not really what I want to be doing right now. I just really want to learn how to uh, just really improve my writing skills. <laughs> and haven't they learned that local newspapers are dead? They should probably quit teaching some of that. Yeah, look, new, anything local news is like, yeah. I mean, there's so many old people here. I don't, I, I'm sure they still love to read the newspaper and watch the news. So. <laughs> I can tell you that I am in my final two classes of my bachelor's degree right now. I'll be finished in March and I'll walk across the stage in May. If I ever see MLA or APA format again, it'll be too soon. I am so sick <laughs> of having to cite my resources yeah. and all that bullshit. But I know in journalism, you're going to have to cite your resources, but you won't have to do it the way that they do it in APA and MLA format in Chicago or whatever the hell they do. Yeah, it was like a nice uh, when no. I first got a taste of all that. Uh, so like, I've just I've just become numb to all that shit. I've just become so used to it, you know. You know, I get I'm just I get pissed off that. You know, for one, high school does not prepare you 
for no. real life if you choose to not go to, to college. Like nobody teaches you in high school how to do your taxes. And I'm sorry, but and I'm an accountant. So I got my degree in accounting. You're required by law to file taxes every year. Yet you cannot, nobody teaches you and a regular person cannot easily do their own taxes without having to pay somebody or and you're not doing them correctly if you're not paying somebody to do them anyways. So for starting off with that. Secondly, in college, they don't teach you or prepare you for the real world either. Because like you're talking about, Alex, with the, you know, teaching you how to like cite stuff properly or do a certain format nobody uses that anymore that's not realistic that's not real world same thing as a calculator i get so tired of i, I want to go back to all my elementary school teachers and middle school and high school they're probably dead but i want to go well no they shouldn't be i want to go back and tell them yeah all y'all told me i had to learn this math stuff because i would never have calculators always around or we wouldn't be allowed to use calculators in the real world nobody in business or the real world is going to let people go around doing math on a pen and paper and make you and, and risk a mistake that costs somebody tons of money? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, Bobby, let's also be honest here. My mom is now 60 years old. And when she was 10, everybody thought that uh, we'd be living like the fucking Jetsons right now. So that's which exactly so they should have already known that we were going to have flying cars and you know the phones that do absolutely everything in the world oh yeah i'm I'm just saying that they were kind of delusional back in the 60s yeah i mean they always complain about the gen xers and millennials all that kind of stuff who the fuck raised them Who, who who gave like I'm probably the oldest one here, so I don't know all those uh, baby boomers that gave you know Alex and CJ and Tyler gave all you you know wussies participation trophies and quick even score, and now y'all are ruining everything. Hey, I didn't know bullshit. No, my my generation was the very last. Day. It's my kids' generation. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, mine, I think mine is like right at the cutoff too. Like, there's like a there's like a weird cutoff because like I didn't have phones or anything when I was playing. Mm-hmm. Up, play with toys and shit. I didn't get. I really mm-hmm. participation trophies or anything. Like, I didn't get my cell yeah. phone until I was 17 years old. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> I got mine at 16, CJ, and I'm 29 as well. I yeah, I'm 35. Yeah, I was. I was. I got a phone, but it was my dad's old phone. <laughs> So I got to tell you, man, uh, college has been one hell of a uh, has been one hell of a road for me. I'm going to be glad when it's over. But um, at the same time, I'm at a crossroads myself. And I'm wondering if you might be doing the same crossroads yourself when you're done. You sound like you're not too, too convinced about journalism. But um, I'm considering at the end, once I get myself a year under my feet, going back and doing broadcasting school. What would you think about that? I mean, I think I think broadcasting would be a little better because, you know, it's, it's broadcasting. It's not just, you know, um, you know, learning how to write, how to, you know, writing in certain formats, you know, how to do all of that because it's so specific. Um, and, you know, also it, like journalism is just I think it's more broad than just broadcast because there's also broadcast journalism. Uh, but I would just, you know, I wanted to do just journalism because solely for writing um 
but and I think I think broadcasting I think it's something I should have considered more um, and I think it'd just be you know really learning how to be behind a camera would be uh, you know I think it'd be more into that than what I've learned so far I really haven't gotten too much into that as I would like to so so you said behind a camera so you want to be more like a uh, producer style or I, I just I just I feel like I've, I've just, I really just wanted to like, you know, I like, like I said at first, I just wanted to improve my writing skills. I've just kind of always just stuck with just regular journalism. So, but it's really like, it's a, it's kind of, it's, it's a mix of everything. Like, you know, you learn how to do interviews for like newspaper based. Um, and so I just, you know, I, I kind of wish I would have done broadcasting cause I feel like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, there's just so many different opportunities, I guess. And it's just, you just really just got to find what you're really into. And I just, I don't know, I guess i never really found what I was, you know, what I was really into, but I think, you know, broadcasting would be a little more interesting. I think you'd be pretty good at it if you really took the chance to hone your skills. Cause uh, I, I know I can speak for the, uh, everybody else on here. We listened to the PFTPM posse and Fridays with a flow whenever you were home with your dad. And I can tell you that you had a, uh, you had a sense for the, the microphone. You knew exactly where it was. You knew how to talk into it. You knew uh, how to gauge the audience. You had your dad skip over some of the PFTPM posse questions so that it, you can actually read other questions. Thank you very much. I really, do appreciate that give everybody else a chance yeah hey now i normally i normally put questions up there that are not just mine i know but you gain like the first 40 questions still and i'd like to eventually get mine read well all you gotta do is get mike to follow you i know what the problem is you know what the problem is it's it's because he follows the posse account so when he goes and looks at questions they're just first ones it's like come on you you gotta you don't understand how this works? Uh, well, and let's be real. And besides the questions that, you know, I collect or not that people uh-huh. ask me to ask on their behalf, besides those, I ask the best questions anyways. I'm the one that provides you the best content. Bitch. So that's the reason. <laughs> that's why I get the questions read. <laughs> yeah, you provide the content. I provide the jerseys. <laughs> CJ, what do you provide? Uh, I got a rock. <laughs> that might be older than all of you as far as a reference uh man so um all right let's i, I know you've got more questions tyler you got to have more minnesota vikings questions so uh, i'll talk about the uh the miracle from this past year uh that's kind of what i was thinking about uh a- alex where were you when the miracle happened like how did you react where i was i mean that game just that game just made me so infuriated because they should they should have never have been they never, the Saints should have never taken the lead in that game. Agreed. Uh, so it was just like oh you know same shit you know like but I was like I was I was really disappointed like I, we were I was down in the barn with my family you know we're more like where the TVs are but I was in this room because I just couldn't handle watching it anymore. And my dad just, he comes running in and then he says, you know, he's, he starts, you know, he comes in running with his hands up. He's like, we won, we won. And I was like, there's no way we did. But I just, I, I just, I always, deep down, I had like a little bit of hope left for that game. And it just, you know, it happened. So, 
um, you know, I watch, I watch the video still, like on the day of the anniversary, like it gave me chills again. So like, it just sucks what happened the week after, but I've just, I just feel like that can't take away that big moment of the miracle. Aha, I knew it. I knew it. Guys, you heard him. Uh, you heard him. Mike said that he hates all 32 teams equally, but this tells me otherwise. This tells me he still celebrates the Minnesota Vikings. Well, now hold on, CJ. Just because he likes the Vikings more doesn't mean he doesn't hate them equally. They do disappoint us a lot. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have some hate towards them. Hmm. I don't have any hatred towards my team. I could tell you that much. I'm just a homer, though. I love them. They they haven't let you down like the Vikings have let us down. Did you watch the Chargers versus the... Yeah, Yeah, but were you actually expected to win? Yeah, I I personally expected to win, and quite a few people did, too. Well, no, like, 98, we were expected to steamroll through the playoffs and win the Super Bowl easy. Yeah. 09... Uh, it just uh, week three happened that Brett Favre to Greg Lewis touchdown in week three against the Niners. It felt like we were a team of destiny. We uh, we tore through Dallas in the um, divisional round. And then if it weren't for five turnovers, we would have beaten the Saints in New Orleans. We did uh, uh, hold them to under 300 yards. And then last year, the miracle felt like a team destiny. First drive in Philly, touchdown. Yeah. It looked easy. It looked like we were playing some junior high kids. And then all of a sudden, Chris Long hits Keenum's arm, pick six, and then we just unravel. Like, we've been massively let down. Not to mention being favored in all four of our Super Bowl losses by a lot. And this fan base, just it, we're just tortured. I get it. I completely get it. I've seen, uh, I've watched some of these Vikings issues over the years, and I can tell you that I've experienced some similar disappointment, not quite as much as you guys. I'm not sure if you guys remember 2011, a uh, certain kicker by the name of Billy Condiff, who happened to cost the Baltimore Ravens the AFC championship game. So I know where you guys are coming from when you have a kicker who uh, shanks Didn't it. Come from the next year, though. Oh, yeah. That was... Uh, Hey, thank God we got rid of that guy. We got rid of Lee Evans and we got rid of uh, Mr. All Lee uh, Evans. Yeah, that poor guy. He got the shaft, though, man. I, I felt bad for him. He was actually a pretty good wide receiver, but that drop, it just ended his career. Mm-hmm. He, was, he wasn't bad. He was really good with Buffalo, and I, I felt bad for him. But uh, he actually still lives around here, and uh, he keeps a picture of that drop in his basement. Oh. I don't know why. I, that's That would haunt me every day if I were him. You know why he does it? It's because he's a football player. It's not what defines him. Yeah. You know what? Isn't that what Cody Parkey said or something on Good Morning America or Tonight Show? Cody Parkey's a moron. He should. I, God, I. If there's a, if there's any a time that I agree with your dad, Alex, it's Cody Parkey should not have gone on. Uh, any show right afterwards. He, he should have avoided them. Okay. No, no, okay, hear me out on this, because I disagree. I think that, number one, he's a kicker, and what do we hear constantly? Oh, kickers aren't real football players. Kickers aren't actually a part of the team. You know, we always hear just derogatory shit about kickers. So when the guy 
has a chance to expand his brand, to grow his brand or whatever you want to say about it, to to market himself when we know that he's probably going to get fired anyways. He's got to take every opportunity he can. The career like that, that makes sense. But at the same time, I personally, if it was me, I would be embarrassed to leave my house. Yeah, I agree. I I would have a there would probably be a bounty on my head uh, and people would still be pissed off at me. I'd have to wear a paper bag because, yeah, that was uh, that was not a doink. That was a double doink. Okay, I've got a hypothetical question for all of y'all. So let's say, um, you know, for Alex and for Tyler, y'all are the kicker for the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. You've got a chance to, I know this could actually happen, but let's pretend it could. You had a chance to beat your Vikings and give the Packers a title, and you're the kicker. CJ, you are the kicker for the, I don't know, the Freddie Kitchen coached Browns against the Ravens (laughs) in the Super Bowl. And you've got a chance to make a field goal to win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, y'all do this, your teams are going to lose the Super Bowl. And we all know how hard it is, the likelihood of getting back again. Would y'all purposely shank that kick? Or would you go ahead and make it and win? Who wants to go first? I'm I'm not going to miss. Oh, I'm not missing either. Yeah. I, I love my Vikings, but if I have the opportunity to win a Super Bowl, I'm not shanking a kick. Okay, I have a question, and uh, this is very serious. What is the uh, status of my contract? What year am I in? Am I close to free agency? Why does that oh, have no, anything this to is, do with it? On. I'm, not, I'm not done yet. It doesn't. It has- it, it actually has everything to do with it, and that's a very, very good question, CJ. But in my scenario, you are set for life. You're a former franchise quarterback who tore up his arm a la Andrew Luck style. Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't need towards me, but tore up your shoulder, didn't come back from it, but you had an amazing Pat McAfee style leg. Okay. So you're able to also go and start kicking. All I'm going to say is who signs my paycheck at the end of the day? You don't need your paycheck because you're retiring after this game. No, you're done that's, anyways. That's not true, man. I, I and also it comes down to um, loyalty at that point. I want people to remember me and to idolize me, and uh, I don't want them to be pissed. I don't want to have to go through Cleveland and ha- for the obvious reasons, but like I do now. But uh, I don't want them to have to. Point at me and say you're the reason why, and then be on the media the next day. And then no, I don't want. I don't you're want that embarrassment. You're on. You're set for life. Let's put. You're going to be owner of an NFL franchise, so money is no issue whatsoever. Money. Is so the, you okay. would rather hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. You would rather go down in infamy and history idolized by the Cleveland Browns, the Freddie Kitchen coach Cleveland Browns, then go down in history and infamy for winning the game for your Baltimore Ravens instead? Because as soon as the game's over with, you go out there and say, hey, Ravens fans, I did this on purpose. Yeah, idolize me. Take me to the parade because you wouldn't win the Super Bowl without me. So... 
No, yeah, I, yeah. I could not do that. No. First off, this is Man. this is third level in hell bullshit you're putting me through right now. <laughs> I don't appreciate Just this. Open, but, open your minds. Open I, your minds. I honestly would, if I had the possibility and it was within my field goal range, I would make the kick so I can get that Super Bowl ring. And then, because you think you got to think about the alternative as well. You could either be loved by all of Cleveland, or you could be thought of as the guy who gave up on his team throughout the whole nation. I don't care. I'd be loved in Dallas. Who gives a shit? I yeah. Then they'd be like, oh, wow. And then Dallas would be considered the team that uh, is the next uh, kick gate or something like that. They had, they put somebody in disguise on the other team and then there would be an investigation and then they'd lose their draft pick. Roger Goodell would come down and fine everybody and suspend the whole team. And I, I don't think that would be a smart idea. You don't know Cowboys fans. They wouldn't care as long as we won a title. They might strip the title. Uh, nah, they wouldn't do that. I don't think so. It, look, it, the NFL's not going to strip a title. If they didn't strip the Patriots because of Deflategate or the the fact that they quote-unquote uh, spied on the Rams' practices, uh, Bountygate, you know, all this stuff, if they didn't strip a title for any of that, you know, unless the game was legitimately fixed, I don't think they're ever stripping a title. I don't think they are either. This um, isn't the NCAA when they can just take stuff away for recruiting violations and players accepting impermissible benefits. Going to have to agree with that. So um, question for you, Alex, if, uh, if you don't mind. Prior to him being named the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns and now head coach, do you know who the hell Freddie Kitchens was at the time when they did the promotion? I mean, not at all. Thank you. CJ, CJ, we knew who he was when he was named the offensive coordinator. Then we learned about him. You didn't know who he was weeks after he got the job. It was a week after he got the job. That's bullshit. It was like closer to a month. No, bullshit. And even still, how am I going to freaking remember that name? That's BS. And it's obvious that Alex just has horrible taste in men because if he had any kind of a crush on Baker Mayfield, then he would have known who Freddie Kitchens was. Jesus Christ. I guess I guess I do. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm with you, Alex. I, I understand. We just we apparently have horrible taste in men. That's just what our main crushes are not uh, there on Mondays. Yeah. See, I, 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 I got a. I got a big man crushing Baker Mayfield, but I want to ask you, Alex, what's your take on Will Greer? Um, I think Will Greer is probably the most overrated quarterback we've ever had. Hot really? Yeah. Okay. See, I, I'm a huge Florida Gator fan, and the stuff he did his redshirt freshman year when he was still at Florida, like, he was... What did he do? Someone tell me. I don't, I don't know this. The, oh, he Greer? Beat- yeah, it's different. Uh, uh, Greer did a really good job before he got suspended because of the uh, quote unquote PEDs, which he yeah. claims was just uh, from a uh, supplement he got at GNC, which is what they all claim that whether it's valid or not is a whole different story. But uh, after Tebow, we've had a long string of quarterbacks that were like five star recruits that just plain old sucked and Greer seemed like he was that guy then he got suspended and then he left school and went to West Virginia and I've been a really big fan of his uh, since he was being recruited 
And I'm really shocked to hear that you think he's so overrated. Um, I mean, just people see we had we had a quarterback two years ago that everybody despised for whatever reason. And like he wasn't very skilled, but he worked really hard. And I mean, we won 10 games that year, which is really good for West Virginia. Um, and just people just hated him. It's like I like I'm, I don't understand why people hated him. And he was really you could, he was really passionate for the team. I don't think Will Greer had that same passion. Um, I mean, I think he's a talented quarterback, but I don't think he like everyone just praises him in West Virginia. It's just like, what's he really done? Like he beat Texas and that game was amazing, but I don't know. So it's almost as if uh, the quarterback itself is really good, but you don't think he's passionate about West Virginia or the program? I mean, I I think he's good, but I just think he gets way too much praise. And I don't like – I mean, he's good, but people act like he is absolutely amazing. Okay. And, like, I'm not – like, I won't knock him for missing the – pro, like, not the Pro Bowl, the, the bowl game. Like, you know, like, who cares about a, about a bowl game? Anyway, so it's pointless. The executives making money off the players care about the bowl game. I mean, yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. That's just that's just been the move for so many guys now, and I just if it's a business decision, I I don't know. Does anybody here even watch bowl games besides the major ones? Just the ones uh, my team's in, if that ever happens. I'll watch some of them. Like it, it depends on the matchup. Like some of the lower level bowl games actually end up with pretty decent matchups. Uh, but mainly, like I miss the days of yesteryear, like the mid two thousands, when you'd have the Outback Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Capital One Bowl, all a New Year's Day morning, and then the Cotton Bowl was in there too. Then you got to finish off with the Rose Bowl, and then it was usually the Sugar Bowl at night, like that was the ultimate slate of games for uh, college football. And then New Year's Eve had a pretty good slate too. And you got to see like the top two, like outside of the power five conferences play each other in like the independence bowl or something like that's when college football was fun. Now it just feels like a real cash grab because you have five and seven teams that make bowl games. Uh, Like the only ones that really matter are the new Year's six bowl games and kind of what CJ said about whatever game your team is playing in. But every now and then, there are a few lower-level games that actually have a really good matchup that I'll that I'll keep my eye on. Bowl games suck, unless they're the the uh, playoff games. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you for the most part. Uh, they they pretty much suck now. I don't. I can watch football as it is because of the length of games and the pace of games and the fact that there's so much even disparity between teams and it seems conferences and I know these high scoring games are fun or whatever but 63-54 every single week in a six hour game is not fun yeah it's uh, it's really tough because you have uh, so many explosive athletes mainly playing on the offensive side of the ball and uh, you get like 
two or three really good explosive athletes on on offense. We'll we'll use Oklahoma as an example because they had Kyler Murray, CeeDee Lamb, and uh, Hollywood Brown. You get those guys against an average defense, they're just going to torch them. You get those guys against an average NFL defense, you're going to have yourself a game. And I think it's just the parity in college football is just non-existent. And because it's kind of non-existent, you're going to get those kind of games. And that... I like watching college football. Like the great games are better than almost anything the NFL puts up. Uh, like the the first two Alabama Clemson national championship games were all world football games. Now it's tough. If you get a great college football game, it's awesome, but the parody is just not there. And that's why you see these high scores just constantly. Alex, do you watch professional wrestling? No. All right, I'm done here. Bye. <laughs> uh, we're all actually pretty big pro wrestling fans here, but uh, if you are not a fan, then we will not be talking about professional yeah. wrestling. I never, I never really got into that. Understood. And your dad was uh, not a big fan growing up either, so I, I completely understand that. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was just, I don't know, just never something that was on TV. So, I mean, like it was, but it was just something like, you know casually watching is just something I never really put on. Oh, I totally understand. Uh, there was some I got into when I was like 14 because I saw like a like an ad and I remembered uh, Brock Lesnar from when he was uh, amateur wrestling at the U of M. Like, oh, this looks cool. And that's how I got into it. But how if, if you don't have that kind of gateway, yeah, I don't blame you at all. Yep. I just and remember watching just, when I was a kid. My friends really into it either, so... All right. Well, Alex, I don't want to really take up too much more of your time, but I do want to get your opinion on uh, one more thing. Um, A lot of turmoil has been going on in the Pittsburgh Steelers lately. I'm sure you've been hearing about it. Antonio Brown has got his own saga going on in Pittsburgh, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. What do you think is going on? What do you think is going on backstage behind the curtain? And uh, where do you think he ends up next year if he gets traded at all? Um, You know, he's just he's just a dummy like. He's just, he's trying to take all this attention and he just, you know, I just don't think he actually realizes that, like, he's not the only, not the only player that, like, is in the league. Like, I don't really, like, when I read his tweets and some of the stuff he says and retweets, I just, like, it just, I just don't get it. It's like, I just, I mean, he's a great receiver and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's not and he doesn't deserve, you know. I, like he he deserves a lot, but I just I don't know why he's like trying to single himself out from everybody else. Like he's trying to say that he no one else works as hard as him. Like I'm sure that there's so many other players in the NFL who do so much every day. Like I don't know. He's just he's just trying to make himself look higher and mightier than everybody else. But he's just you know I think people can really tell how it makes him look. I get that. And uh, would you say diva-esque would be a uh, defining term? I just, it seems just like a little more than a diva. It just, I don't, I don't even know. It's just, I think it's, I think it's really weird. There's just something off about it. I don't know. You think maybe mental Uh, illness or something? No, it's just like, it's just like, he's just, I don't, it's just, I mean, yeah. I guess it's a diva because he's just displaying very strong selfishness. So I guess um, I, he's, I just think he's being over the top selfish. 
narcissistic right. to a point, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that that's actually... No, no, no. No, no, no. Hear me out. Okay. How about this, okay? How about put, you know, put on your stoner hat a little bit here. Open your mind up. We all know Easy that for you players... Yeah. We all know that the players have no power, really no real leverage, except for a few of the stars who can truly, you know, no matter what, they're going to keep getting chances. I think that Antonio Brown has, A, finally just had enough of it in Pittsburgh for whatever reason, coupled with the fact that his contract is only paying him Thirteen million dollars, I believe, over the next uh, two or three years. So way, way underpaid for what Antonio Brown believes he should be paid. So he knows that he has the star power. He has the you know leverage, quote unquote, to be able to cause a stir, cause a disruption, and force his way out, a la T.O. back in the day. And he's doing that, and he's pulling his power move. I think he's a diva, asshole, whatever, but I also think he's pulling this power move selfishly for himself, and, uh, you know, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he should get the money he deserves. I think he should get paid, but I, I don't think he should really be, like, calling people out, especially people that aren't even a part of that organization anymore, like... I, mean, I, I agree to that, yeah. I just thought, like, you know, how are you going to do that to those guys? Like, they... they there's no way they're part of the problem because they haven't been on any part of the team for years. See, the one thing that really intrigues me about this whole thing is it's not about money because he just got paid. And it almost feels like he thinks Juju is kind of taking his spotlight because of how uh, Juju was uh, had almost a better year. He was voted team MVP over him. And I think AB is starting to get into that uh, diva-ish role like a T.O. where he just he wants to be the guy. He wants to be the center of attention. And the fact that somebody's coming in and stealing his thunder almost, I think, is too big of an issue for him. And uh, it doesn't help that you've got a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback who's uh, got an ego the size of the state of Texas. And uh, Todd Haley was there and. Mike Tomlin's got all the X's and O's figured out, but he doesn't have the people figured out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's just a lot of clashing personalities in the league. So. Come on, Tyler. Our state's big. Texas is big, but Texas is not nearly the size of Big Ben's ego. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> It could possibly over eclipse that that entire state. Maybe start going over to New Mexico. Uh, yeah, uh, you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, you two got time for one more question each. Uh, do you want to ask uh, Alex here a question before I let him go? I got one for you, man. Uh, obviously, you've been a Vikings fan for a while. Uh, who are your top five favorite Vikings? Um, you know, I've always, I've always really. I've always really liked Jared Allen. Um, Great pick. Yeah, I think he might be my favorite. Uh, just you know, he's you know he's just he's just such a character, and he performed, and I just I just loved how he was. Um, yeah, I really like John Randall too because he reminded me like I feel like him and Jared Allen were you know I think they have a lot of light per- personality wise you know, and he was, um, I mean he was. I think he's inspirational being undrafted and, um, you know, just playing how he did. And 
I mean, I love I loved his attitude. I mean, I know I'm sure there are plenty of players who didn't really like him because I know he loved to talk a lot of shit. <laughs> but that's like the, the, the amount of eye black he had. I loved this around his eyes. I thought yeah. that was great. The amount of eye black was just ridiculous around his eyes. I couldn't he, stand it. He got fined so much for it too. Yeah, I tried to do that in eighth grade and it didn't really work. I'm sure you probably sweated off because I know I did once. No, it just I, like I tried to like I had like a stick and I was like trying to do it over my eyes and it just really bothered my eyes. I was like, yeah, I can't do this. I sweated off. That's what happened to me. Yeah. yeah so I just I just left it on my face and not on my head or eyes. And I kind of figured I'd sweat it off and it ended up being, you know, shit everywhere. Um, but I mean, the, I mean, I really obviously Christian Ponder. Go ahead. Yeah, I was oh, just about him today. Um, I mean, really, I really liked Brett Favre when he played for the Vikings. And like I said, you know, that year was just really like my first just it was just my first real football year. Like that was the first year I played. And then just the Vikings were really just amazing that year. And like I really like Brett Favre. Like I really like Minnesota Brett Favre a lot. Um, so and then, I mean, I really like Adrian Peterson. I know there's I was just he'd say that. I, I mean, I just, you know, everyone knows any kind of, you know, the deal with him. Um, but I mean, when he when he was playing, I just he was just ridiculous. And I really I really liked running backs when I first got into football. Like that was like my favorite position. Like I always wanted to be a running back. So I really liked him. Um, but I mean, like, you know, he uh he sent my dad a jersey. It was from a preseason game, but he interviewed him and uh, like he sent him a jersey and it was around the time of my birthday. He wrote on it for me. Um, so, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard for me not to like him because I have that have a jersey of his. And then before my first uh, before my first playoff football game, when I was a senior, he uh, he sent a video to his agent. His agent sent to my dad. It was just like, you know. He, was, he said, good luck, Alex. And like, it was just, you know, it was a personal video. So it's just like, you know, you know, I know there are a lot of things that surround him, but I just have a few like special things from him. So, you know, I've always had a lot of respect for, for AD. I know everybody calls him AP, but if you know him, he actually goes by AD for all, all day. day, baby. Yep. Yes. And, um, but I've always had mass respect for him. And that, that shit that surrounded him with his kid. I mean, number one, if you knew where he was born or where he was yeah, raised yeah. in Texas and stuff like that, when I was a kid, you know, I'm 35. And when I was a kid, I, uh, my best friend's grandma, actually, whenever we, if she heard us cussing, would literally wash our mouth out with soap, not, you know, no bullshit. And also when we did, you know, got caught beating up his little brother, whatever else, we had to go outside and cut our own switch. You know, you had to go out there and, oh, and cut, you know, your own shit. willow branch. Yeah, we used to get that stuff, too. I mean, you know, I understand it's not something that we do necessarily today, or at least not a lot of parts. Mm-hmm. But it was still something yeah. that is, is very, very common. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't extreme. But anyways, yeah, I digress. It was he got he took way too much bullshit for that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's I'm. Um, like I'm sure you got the absolute shit beat out of him growing up. That's just you know. Oh yeah. Post. 
Uh, I just wanted to interject real quick. I'm not sure if you named all five of yours or if you just got the four. I still have one more. Okay, go ahead and give me your uh, fifth one. Um, mine. God. I got to think a little bit. I mean, it, it's hard to decide between who's on the team now and, like, all-time favorite players. Um, I mean, I think I think Alan Page. Well, hold on. No, stop then. Besides that, I want to hear then your last one or last couple. I want to know who your favorite players are on the Vikings now. Uh, we can uh. get to that in a minute, but I do want to do an all-time uh, favorite thing. Because I, I want to uh, bring in my one person who I my all time favorite Minnesota Viking, but um, if you can't decide your last one, then maybe I can influence you. How about this? Um, there was a punter that you guys had a couple years ago who was uh, very outspoken. Oh my God, Chris Warcraft, he's amazing. Chris Clue. I've got his cell phone uh, number. <laughs> he was a uh, real funny dude, part of a band. Uh, and I don't know why this tickles me so much, but he uh, the reason I like him so much was he agreed to give Donovan McNabb his number five. Uh, did you guys ever hear the story of what he got in return for that? Yeah, it was like ten thousand dollars to the charity of his choice. And Donovan McNabb had to um, promote his band in interviews or something like five times. Mm-hmm. It was five thousand, by the way. But yeah, close enough. And then what was the third condition? I don't remember the third condition, but it was something off the wall ridiculous. He had to buy him an ice cream cone. <laughs> I mean, just silly shit like that and just in good favor and in good faith. That's why I personally like Chris Cluey, and he, I he's, never, I never he's honestly knew a good guy. I, I like him so much. Uh, you got to go online and Google Chris Cluey, uh homosexual marriage rant. Yeah, and he goes on a, on a huge like, rant about how it doesn't affect anybody else's lives. And oh, it's not going to turn you into a lustful cockmonger is one of them. <laughs> and he was right. And it basically got him kicked out of the league. Yeah, I didn't. I never realized, like, when all of this happened, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, because what, Alex, you were probably 16 at that time. Yeah, probably like. Probably like 15. It seems like 15, 16. It just seems like, you know, something I just didn't really pay attention to. Yeah, he was very outspoken. Um, he, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he sue the Vikings at some point for uh, for letting him go or something like that? Yeah, no, he sued them over their special teams coach for making uh, homosexual, homophobic comments, things like that. I thought but so. He yeah. donated the money that he won to charity. What a good guy. What a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, that that's that's my personal favorite. But uh did you ever come up with a fifth there, Alex? Um, I think Alan Page, honestly. Okay. He's just a classic and I like I mean he's a D tackle. Um in that eighty eight, I love that he wore eighty eight as a defensive lineman. Like that's I wish so that weird. I wish he could still do that. Yeah, we have an 88 as a running back right now, by the way, so, and you typically don't see that. So I don't know how surprised to let him that. keep that. Right. It's it he, was a yeah, it's one of those grandfathered in kind of things. He he wore it as a receiver. They made him a running back. They let him keep it. I mean, when when Devin Hester left the Bears, he started wearing like 17, like normal receivers numbers. Yeah. 
That's true. Yeah. De- I think I Devin Hester is a Hall of Famer, by the way. I don't know what you guys think. I don't think he'll ever get in because specialists really don't get in. I think it's um, an air rare exception, though. Well, it's it's really difficult with a guy like Hester because you he literally has 20 great plays. And then the that's about it. Like, are you going to put a guy in for 20 great plays? I think teams? that's a really difficult task. Uh, in the stages that he but, did, uh, it, yeah, I think he honestly, I think he deserves it. Game changing plays, and you got to look at the ratio of chances, the number of chances that he had, you know, to make those plays. I, I believe that every single position should have chance or the equal opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame, including the Cowboys LP, Lattisor, the long snapper, who's never had a bad snap in his career. But I know it won't happen. But I think every, I think punters, you know, kickers, they should all get equal, equal chances to get in. I agree 100%. Now, Alex, I do believe Bobby did have a question for you. Uh, take my pill notification. Yeah. Uh, if I did, I think I've forgotten it. So it's uh, your current modern day. Uh, oh yeah, albums. I was gonna ask. Well, he already kind of answered that. I was gonna ask if you had any current oven. Kind of answered that because you said you're just you know kind of just chilling and just you know nothing. Yeah, I really like. I if if I was like thinking of a current Vikings player that I'm a like. I mean, yeah, I like that. I really one. like Diggs, um, and I like Daniel Hunter. Those are probably my favorite two on the team. I always interrupt people when I say Maryland's own Diggs. By the way, thank you very much. <laughs> That's true. You like Diggs more than Thielen? I do. Um, I mean, I like I like Diggs because um, you know, That'd last year when we were in when we were in Minnesota for the Super Bowl, my dad was interviewing him, and you know, he told him to go up and talk to me so he just came up to me and dapped me up and i was really uh, it was cool well that anytime you have a personal interaction yeah. with somebody that's going to give them an advantage i totally get that uh-huh. and i think like daniel hunter deserves more respect uh but I, i'm a fan of him he deserved to have his name pronounced right by chris sims yeah Stop Chris calling Sims the guy Daniel. Barely knows how to speak English, you know. But let's take it one step at a time. Yeah, stop calling the poor fucker Danielle. <laughs> well, it's hard. Like it spells Danielle. I remember when he got drafted. I'm like, why are we drafting a guy named Danielle? And then I listened to the scouting report. I'm like, oh, okay. Like that poor guy probably got picked on so much growing up. Well, the he's he was from what? Uh, Jamaica or Haiti, and then he immigrated to like Florida when he was like, like eight or twelve, something like that. So, I think he, he probably got a little bit of slack. Plus, I mean, look at him—he's yoked. Yeah, I, I wouldn't fuck with him. Uh, I'll tell you that. He's frightening. Yeah. yeah. And I can't wait to smoke a daddy cigar with Sims. <laughs> I can't either. Hey there, easy. Marijuana kills. Where are you going to be when your mom finds your body overdosed on marijuana? I will smoke five marijuanas until I injected one whole marijuana once and I live to tell the tale. A lot of people have. (laughs) All right, folks. Um, Alex, I really appreciate you coming on again today. Thanks thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And will you uh, be willing to come on again in the future? I definitely will. 
All right. I would love to have you. I think uh, these two would love to have you too. And uh, as always, Tyler, thank you very much for coming on the show. Bobby, uh, thank you for remaining sober and coming on the show. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm enjoying myself some cannabis already. So. Oh, God damn it. All right. We, we could have left without that. But uh, until next week, thank you guys so very much. For, uh, thank you very much for coming in. One of the things I like doing on the FAFT is I like having people on and not in an interview style. I like to pretend that we're all sitting here being buds, drinking beer, and just having a conversation, not something professional, not something that feels forced. So that was just uh, Bobby, that was Tyler, that was Alex, that was myself. We were all just bullshit and having conversation. It was pretty obvious. That's, uh, that's how you should really be doing interviews. I mean, if you wanted to be a uh, professional, don't cuss so much, I guess. But, uh, other than that, it's, it's always a good time to have the people on that I can get along with and the people that want to actually be on the show and want to have a good conversation and have a good talk that produces the best interviews. So ladies and gentlemen, it's championship weekend. I want you guys to go out there and enjoy the games. You got, uh, once again, it's. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to be hosting the New England Patriots. The New Orleans Saints are going to be hosting the L.A. Rams. Should be good championship. Should be good uh, offense. Defenses, I'm not so sure, are going to show up, but we're going to find out. I can't wait. I hope you all have a great weekend. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, Subscribe, like, give a thumbs up, do whatever they do on podcasts, share with everybody, give us a review, and uh, I hope that all of you enjoy your week. And until next time... This has been the FAFT.